This podcast is brought to you by Royal Ascot and is a celebration of the 10th anniversary of the Style Guide 2021. And the theme for this year is sustainability. Hello to everyone listening. My name is Scott Wimsett, a filmmaker, broadcaster and fashion correspondent and self-titled The Sustainability Host. I want to provide the toolkit for us all on how to respond at this important time that has so much impact on our world and our future. One of the most important parts of progress through history is, of course, about creating a live conversation. And it fills me with so much excitement. Literally, I feel truly quite giddy that I have got the opportunity to interview six exceptional voices who not only have a direct link to Royal Ascot, but who all have an awful lot to contribute to our topic of sustainability and therefore, indeed, progressive, responsible living. I am so excited for this interview today. Our guest truly is so deeply loved within British fashion, is a complete maverick and in line with what is happening in the world really is making such an impact on how we view what true style now really looks and feels like. She is a leading stylist, author and editor, making secondhand clothing quite rightly have its place within a more considered fashion narrative. She has dressed the most stylish men and women in the world, has an exceptionally impressive social media platform featuring all of her sustainability credentials. She has been the contributing fashion editor at British Vogue. She is the fashion editor at large for the Evening Standard. She is the senior fashion advisor for Oxfam. She is a true fashion visionary, has bags of class. She's my friend. She's the queen of thrift herself. She's the delight that is Bay Garnet. Gosh, very nice intro. Thank you, Scott. How are you, Bay? Where do we find you today? Yeah, working from home. Very happy. Very good indeed. So listen, I mean, just jumping straight in, secondhand and, and pre-loved and vintage clothing just has gives an awful lot of permission for humour and having some fun, don't you think? Yes, I do. I do. I think that um, for me um, and, you know, when I worked on the book, The Cheap Date Guide to Style and Cheap Date Magazine, and I guess throughout my working life is that that's always been kind of the fundamental joy of clothes. They should be fun. And for me, it always goes back to that idea of the kind of the dressing up box in a way. You know, it's the opposite of feeling excluded which fashion magazines can make you feel, which the fashion world can make you feel, it's kind of predicated to some extent, to a large extent, on sort of exclusion. But I think that thrifting and secondhand makes it so inclusive. It really does. And actually that way of expressing your kind of individuality, of course. Now, I, I've always really enjoyed your style, you know, the kind of dress up and the dress down bay, like any way I can get my eyes on it, you kind of... Uh, that type of person that I run over to at a party and I want to sort of take it all in because you're such an independent thinker when you dress because you inherently understand how to build a look for you you know it's not just a happy accident and you've had your eye and your your super cool lens on what was coming before it was regarded as a an essential ingredient to true style and then all of a sudden the world woke up and realised that this is what we now all needed to do to contribute to become a responsible citizen so was your vision back in the day anything to do with environmental issues or was it rejecting the power of fashion marketing or was it just how you like to dress? Yeah, it was, it was, it was how I like to dress. I also found it a very creative process of going to thrift stores. I lived in New York, so going off to Queens and the Bronx and the Upper East Side and Harlem. For me, it was a real 
enjoyable kind of pastime if you like um but I just loved doing it felt it was just a way to find ideas and to you know I always looked at books I always cheap the cheap sheet books the book the how to dress book from the 70s and I found those really inspiring and if I went to thrift stores I could kind of piece those looks together and I guess I drew on my own sort of inspiration. I never really did the fashion thing. I didn't really look at fashion magazines. I was drawn to from Debbie Harry album cover or whatever it was. And thrift stores provided me with that um, in a way that fashion didn't. It just wasn't my inspiration. So in that sense, it's in a very independent way of doing things. And I found that way more exciting. So it was a style choice. And then it was also a political choice. I don't like the whole branding thing. I don't like, I don't like the kind of the fake stuff around it. I think it could be very powerful if it's done well. I mean, look at Calvin Klein, look at Ralph Lauren, look at, you know, it could be, and I've certainly look at Louis Vuitton, look at Dior, whatever you want to look at, you know, it's very powerful and it can be very beautiful and everything. But on the whole, that kind of thing of selling someone this kind of stuff, I just don't, uh, it's just not, it's just not what I ever bought into really. But in terms of style, I've, I like going off and finding my own reference points and inspiration. And now I love it more because of the green thing, but that was always there too. But it was more, it used to be more political. It was more about not buying into the new inadverted commerce system. Right. I mean, and to your sort of days in New York, I mean, was was that in the, the 90s? Because I know from my, you know, memories of 90s New York, the thrifting alongside all the art and the music, but the thrifting was something else at that time, wasn't it? Can you talk to us a little bit about how you discovered that actual love and that thrill of finding those special treasures at that time in New York? You know, I was into thrifting already and then I went to New York, I had a job in an office and then in my weekends and my lunch, I just was always going to the thrift stores obsessively. There was one that I loved so much on Prince and Broadway downtown that was near my office that I worked on, which we worked in, which was in Soho, and I'd go every single lunch and it was amazing and it closed down. It was small but perfect. It was a Salvation Army and then... I found amazing stuff, you know, amazing punky stuff. Come on then, tell us some tell us some of these pieces because you got into a bit of a hot fizz over when you found them. Like dial up some of those memories like when you suddenly would discover something. Oh uh, yeah, well, you know, one went on to be quite a famous piece in the fashion thing in that I found this banana print top on the Upper East Side and that was my first shoot for Kate with Kate Moss using Thristall clothes and then Chloe went on to copy it and it became quite a well-known print. So I found that, that was like $10. I found, oh, I found so original Velvet Underground t-shirt. Oh my God, like the new wave stuff from the 80s, like Debbie Harry might have well-worn, a studded belt, punk belt. I mean, so much. Cossack coat by Saint Laurent. I mean, like I had my whole bedroom because I had no space. was just like, I mean, it was kind of looking back, it was kind of a, it was kind of unhealthy, I don't want to say a sickness, but it was, there was something going, it was a bit mad. It was just piles of clothes. But yeah, it was just this relentlessness of finding, of loving the ideas and loving finding stuff. This this sort of compulsive sort of passion. Uh, I mean, yeah, lucky, lucky friends of yours who have been sort of hand, handed down some of those gems. I mean, I think, you know, when I, when I think of you, Bay, and I think of the kind of key women 
that have surrounded you in your life, you know, women with immense style, you know, obviously Anita Pallenberg comes to mind and Debbie Harry and Stella Tennant, like, you know, these these good friends of yours. Like, you know, ha- have you drawn a lot from your girlfriends in regards to their style? Yeah, yeah, I have, definitely. My girlfriends have been really inspirational. Anita was a huge influence on me. She taught me so much about style and clothes and as much as you can teach someone just by, you know, we just went thrifting together and we'd go into, she lived in Chelsea and we'd go to like the World's End thrift stores and we'd find something. She'd found this incredible bag once and all studded, like it was original punk one. And she came around the corner and went, <laughs> you know, it was a game. It was like a game. And, and, and so, yeah. And she, she had an amazing closet and we'd look through her stuff and she'd give me stuff, coats, belts. I'd give her stuff. Whenever I went around to see Anita, she lived on Tight Street, I'd take something around. Like, because I loved, that was it. It was a good vibes. Like, I'd give her something, she'd give me something and yeah. And so, and she was unbelievably stylish. Uh, God, she more style than anyone. Um, and then she'd show me like great ring, this amazing pinky ring that Keith had given her, Keith Richards, which was hard. One way was sapphire and the other was white diamond. So depending what way it was on, you would just see one of the stones. So the other bit was hidden, like the other heart. It was amazing, like all this amazing stuff. And like, I loved, yeah, I loved just being with her in her flat, um, overlooking the river. So, yeah, and Stella, you know, unbelievably stylish. You know, she dressed in a way that I couldn't dress because she was so kind of, she was so, like, her body was so of a type and she looked incredible, like, kind of boys' jeans and, like, yeah, like a neon sweatshirt and, like, boots. and Oh, she was incredibly stylish and, um, yeah, amazingly stylish. Very different style from Anita. Looked brilliant in Comme des Garçons. Looked brilliant in whatever she put on. She was incredibly stylish. Yeah, complete clothes horse, a very unique, complete icon. Now, can we just discuss your current title and your role at Oxfam and your position as senior fashion advisor, having spoken about all these amazing pieces that you're talking about? So for for me, for memory, it's sort of coming to your show, uh, your Oxfam fashion show on the on the schedule at, for London Fashion Week. And, you know, I filmed backstage and the, the atmosphere is always very special. It's very unique. And I think that that comes from obviously all those great friendships in the room, but actually a sense that everyone is sort of doing something really important and, and worthwhile. So tell us a little bit more about your relationship with Oxfam and, and what you guys have going on. Yeah, I mean, I, they came to me about five years ago and said, would you consider doing a fashion show? And, you know, at first I was like, whoa, that sounds a bit daunting. And then, you know, I said, yes, I thought about it. And so that's how it started, Fashion Fighting Poverty. And we did two. I did a pop-up shop with them last September in Selfridges, which was basically next to, well, it was beside Mimi opposite Gucci. And basically what I wanted to do is, talking about the idea of marketing and advertising which is all about perception you know and so I wanted to put the Oxfam shop in the luxury space at Selfridges in the cushion between Prada and Gucci and have the prices at the same prices as Oxfam would sell at any shop across the country but for the outside to be glamorous and 
very luxurious. And so, yeah, that was up for a month. And that coincided with the secondhand September campaign, which I work on, which is this idea for 30 days not to buy anything new. And Michaela Cole was the face of that. So Stella Tennant was the first face of that. We've only been doing it for two years. I'm really happy to say that I'm doing another pop-up shop in Selfridges this September. However, it will, you know, as is the fun bit of life, it will be something very different from the one before. And it'll be in a different space that's rolling on, which is lovely. I love working with Oxfam. I mean, that's so exciting. I mean, because I, I just remember going to Selfridges when you had your Oxfam pop up there. And it it was such, it was so well received, wasn't it? Actually, you could give permission to sit luxury alongside pre-loved pieces and have that all within the same experience. What do you think were the components that made that so successful? Was it just because people had never seen it before? Or is it just where we're at? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I was really, yeah, I was so lucky that Selfridges said yes. Um, that they were open to that. It was quite radical, you know, to put Oxfam next to luxury goods, you know, luxury wear, where, you know, it's all about perception. And they did that. And so that was, you know, wonderful of them. And I think the reason why it was a success was because the edit was good. And actually someone's this lovely student came up to me and said, you know, it's so nice for us to be here because usually... We can't ever buy anything, you know, on this floor because it's too expensive. And I think that people love the idea of perhaps coming to this space that's prohibitively expensive to some people, you know, obviously not everybody, but being able to have a rummage and being able to buy something and buy something, you know, a really good price at an at Oxfam price. And because you're, you're because you're surrounded by, you know, Gucci and Mimi, you know, it's, it's funny how the clothes, again, going back to perception, but the clothes were as good as the clothes around them and not necessarily that different. Yeah, I mean, I, I bought a navy blue blazer for a tenner, uh, and, you know, next to a Burberry Rainback for 50 quid. You know, it was just sort of like, you know, all these beautiful, beautifully sort of edited, selected pieces. But you looked great in that, Scott. It looked so good. And it was a naval jacket, wasn't it? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I wear it a lot with an old, uh, you know, cashmere jumper and stuff. Very special. So now thinking towards Royal Ascot, a dearly loved British institution, loved the world over and where the fashion is absolutely on equal par with the racing itself and such a celebrated, well-documented part of the tapestry of this annual event. And yourself and photographer Tom Craig, your wonderfully talented partner, have collaborated on the 10th anniversary style guide and most certainly, from what I've seen already on the images, added some very progressive messaging on how we view modern new world luxury and occasion wear with our theme of sustainability. So can you share with us a little bit more about this wonderful partnering of uh, you guys and Royal Ascot? Yeah, so Cara called me up and said, Cara Goodley said, you know, how would you feel? I, you know, to do this. And I immediately wanted to do it because for me, it's what I was talking about, about selfages. It's that idea of, again, perception, you know, of, um, you know, moving the second. What I want to do is, you know, what I enjoy doing is kind of putting secondhand in a space that's kind of conventionally or historically about newness I love that playfulness I love that juxtaposition or I love that kind of feels powerful to do that where clothes can become powerful and pictures can and stuff as if you move them around 
And so it was a perfect opportunity of like, oh my gosh, Ascot, you know, an event that probably people go out and buy something new for and you know, they want to look fabulous. And it's, you know, something they're really looking forward to. And because it's this, you know, real kind of date in the British diary and people, you know, people love it. And, um, and, and so for them to say, look, will you do, you know, this shoot that's just secondhand was, I, yeah, it's just what I wanted to do. On the subject of upcycling clothing and buying secondhand, vintage searching, etc. Obviously, for some people that, you know, it is quite a daunting prospect if it's if it's new to you. So what are Bay Garnet's sort of do's and don'ts when it comes to buying pre-loved clothing? You know, I think try it on is the first thing, you know, be open to something that you might otherwise not be. You know, if something's a really good price value, you know, it's cheap, then, you know, maybe take a few more risks than you might try it on and if it's good it's going to feel so good because you know for all the reasons that the money's going to this you know going to help poorest people in the world basically and it's secondhand but my tip would be you know go with an open mind you know go with a sense of fun try it on go with a friend you know make it into something fun mm, make it an occasion i think that's right isn't it that's exactly the right appetite that it's actually you know, you can surprise yourself. I'm sitting here in this Edwardian velvet frock coat, you know, wouldn't automatically think that I would, you know, buy that from a vintage shop. But there was one in Bath called Vogue to Vintage. And I just walked in and it was completely my size. And I, I put it on and I just felt I'd, I'd worn it a million times before. Do you know what I mean? It just had that story with it. So, yeah. And again, I would wear that with a pair of jeans and trainers. I think you're right. I think that it's oftentimes a second hand, you know, you put it on, it's like an old friend, you know, it just sort of fits and works on your body because it's been lived in and you can't take that away from it. That's part of what makes it really nice. I love that. I love that thing. If you put it on, it's like, mm, yeah, feels like a pair of old slippers, you know, in a good way. It's such a indication of where we're all at in the world, isn't it? Of like, you know, what is seen as, a new age style and actually where your style and your principles kind of go hand in hand. I mean, I guess the last year has offered up this stillness, particularly within the fashion industry, as there's been quite a lot of time for reflection, but there's been a very interesting response uh, from a fashion industry perspective, which ultimately is collectively saying buy less and buy better um, as the alternative is too great on people and planet. Now, you've worked in top tier international fashion circuit for many years. When you are looking into your crystal ball, what, what's the future for fashion? What do you feel is happening around us? I mean, I just don't know. I think that, you know, fashion's full of really talented people and great ideas. And I do think that, of course, I think that. And it's you know, myself included, you know, it's an indulgent industry. And I think that there's way too much produced and people will retrospectively look at it and see it as something that's not okay. Um, and I think that things will change. I think that people will soon have just want to buy things that are sustainable. I think it will get very draconian. I think there'll be a point where people can only buy one you know, iPhone charger a year or one, maybe two handbags a year. I don't, I think things are going to change really radically. That The crisis is is probably worse than we think. And I think that will come through to what we can buy 
how we can buy it and messaging to people through like advertising and consumerism. Yeah. And I think it, but they're very wise words, you know, it's sort of suddenly that, that requirement for radical transparency and trying to understand the backstory of, of the products that you buy. Obviously we're now realizing our money is our power and actually where we put our money supports brands, designers, you know, uh, collections that actually can be very clear about their footprint on the world. Yeah, I think it's that too. I think it's that. I I also think it's just people buying less. You know, you say collections. Well, how many collections do you need a year? You know, like how many, you know, people now being like in inverted commas, like much more transparent, but it's so often on their own terms. And actually, you know, it's an element of their business. It's what they choose to be transparent about. You know, I think that, you know, I think that there's just going to be, have to be much less stuff produced, you know, as opposed to brands being transparent or brands being, you know, the consumer knowing, yes, great, the consumer can choose a more sustainable product, but it has to be, it has to be more hardcore than that, where it's not just about messaging, it's about actually like government you know, changing the way that we shop because we all buy too much stuff and it's not possible to continue like this. Exactly. I mean, the, the, the impact on the world is too great. Nabay, so listening to your response here, I mean, this really is your time. You know, you're such an industry treasure and you always have been, but it, it feels like your vision and your progressive lens on what responsible upcycling style looks like is what we now all want to dial up to be a part of this very exciting movement in fashion so again to royal ascot how do we dress for an occasion like this you know because it's a it's a key moment in the annual calendar and we all want to get it right so that it feels sensitive to our current climate and it demonstrates that we are plugged into what's happening in the world yeah i mean i think you know for ascot you know I think so cool to go in secondhand clothes and look really great and unique and individual. And, you know, you can do that with accessories, like go into a closet and look at a fabulous, maybe even think about an evening dress and then dress, you know, put a, you know, get a really cool hat or, you know, secondhand shops have brilliant hats. Vintage shops have brilliant hats. And in my shoot, I use this brilliant vintage straw hat with a black veil very cool, like kind of 70s, Bianca Jagger, like very cool, you know, go off grid. And and, and if I would also say, Ascot, you know, it's a really, you know, day to really celebrate dressing up and having fun with that. And a way to make it, I think, even more fun is to, to just do it your way. And a way to really do that is to go secondhand. And, you know, I would say, you know, wear a belt, get a great dress and then funk it up with like a big wide belt like Anita Pallenberg would have done or get a pair of like great wedges, 70 shoes or, you know, put an armful of bangles, big bracelets. You know, there's ways with secondhand, I think, which I've always loved, which is that thing of like you really create your outfit through the accessories and through like maybe it's the wedge and the sandal, these kind of touch points of like, or these kind of little things that make it stylish. And I think that there's a lot of fun to be had. And I think by doing it secondhand, 
You'll look better than anyone else there in their new clothes. <laughs> you certainly will. I mean, I, so now we're feeling all inspired to rush out and get shopping, but in the correct way and indeed rewarding our international audience. So let's delve into your secret directory when we're trying to buy real finds. So when we say we're shopping in, say, London, New York or L.A. or Paris or perhaps even online at this time, um, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, some of those key destinations that you would go to internationally for those absolute treasures? Yeah, I think that um, in London, um, I, you know, found Envision is great off the Goldbourne Road, Vintage Store, really good. Relics, really good one. Um, again, you know, some of the cancer cares around Chelsea, World's End, some of those thrift stores, those charity shops in World's End in Chelsea. Um, really good one, the British Red Cross on Church Street in Chelsea. Um, Vestia Collective's great. eBay's great, and you can type in whatever you want. You know, eBay's a great one. Um, Oxfam Online is fantastic. You know, New York, any any vintage store. I mean, they've changed now. You know, they've all changed from 20 years ago, obviously, but I still recommend you've got time. They've got some... Ellen on the Lower East Side is brilliant, and she's been doing it for years. I love Ellen's. You can't miss it. Ellen, Ludlow Street. Resurrection for, like, you know, the pricey stuff. Um, Mon Vintage, uh, my friend Mary, based in Paris, who does amazing kind of secondhand stuff. Very, very high-end. And she, uh, but very, so expensive, but beautiful. She's got amazing eye, Mon Vintage. She's online. Um, and so, yeah, you can absolutely do it online as well. And, um, yeah, I, I personally love going to the shops, to charity shops, but I go to Oxfam online a lot. I go to eBay a lot. So tell me, so we, will you be at Ascot this year? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, God. I'm sure you're invited. Well, I haven't been yet. Well, it's good to drop a hint, though, isn't it? I haven't been yet, just that again. <laughs> Listen, can you let people know how we can find out a little bit more about what you're doing and your social channels and all that stuff? Yeah, my Instagram handle is at Garnet. That's B-A-Y-G-A-R-N-E-T-T. And um, you can follow me and you can message me and I will message you back. I love making friends. Um, sorry, I'm being silly. Um, but uh, yeah, but be in touch. I do love messages about clothes and stuff because it's lovely hearing from people. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just such an interesting time. And I'm sure from what I see on your channels, you know, you're bringing people on that education journey with you, because it is all about discovery. And it is all about the education of this new sort of direction for, for modern style. Um, so listen, my love, thank you so much. Oh, Scott, you did it wonderfully. You're so good at it. Well done. Thank you, darling. Thank you so much for sharing all of this very valuable knowledge and, and guidance. And I would put a bet that you'll be leading the most stylish girls at Ascot head to toe in sustainable thrift finds to mark her new age. You're one in a million, darling. It's really oh, lovely to see you. Thank you. Big kiss. Bye, Scott. Bye, lovely. Thank you so much for joining our insightful podcast, Royal Ascot runs from the 15th to the 19th of June. And for further information, please head to Ascot dot co dot uk